All right, I want to start off the day with making everyone feel good by sharing a little bit of bad investments from other people. That way you don't feel so bad. All right, here it goes. So in 1976, co-founder of Apple, the third one, uh, in addition to Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs, name was Ronald Wayne. In 1976, he sold his 10% share of Apple for $800. Today, if you would have kept his 10%, he'd be worth more than $35 billion. Also, in 2005, News Corp, the company News Corp, bought MySpace for $580 million. Six years later, News Corp sold the company for $35 million. Oh, and another little crazy fact. Did you know that the furthest you can get from a McDonald's in the United States is 107 miles? That's the farthest away. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful entrepreneurs. With Business Bootcamp Podcast and your host, Mike Andy. Folks, you are listening to the Business Bootcamp Podcast. This is your host, Mike Andes. And today, we are going to be talking to Melissa Krivacek. And we are going to be giving all sorts of great advice. Another interview, you guys are going to love it. Melissa has written several books, a couple of which have been international bestsellers. She has been all over the news, CNN, Forbes, MSNBC, you name it. She is everywhere. And she has all sorts of good advice on how to have it all in your life. Uh, we're not going to be talking about balance here. Oh, yeah, I guess we are. But it's not about balance. You know, you can have everything. You don't have to sacrifice one thing to get something else. So we're going to hear all about that and more from Melissa coming up right now. How you doing today, Melissa? Good. How are you? Good, good. So let's go ahead and get things started. And can you kind of just tell our listeners how you kind of started and what your journey's been to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So four years ago... Uh, I was nowhere near where I am today, and this is why I think it's incredibly important for people to actually commit to their goals, be passionate about what they're doing, and then take action towards those things every single day, and not just when they feel like it. So in 2004, I started with uh, Walmart, and then in 2008, I got fired for doing the right thing. Um, I was 19 and naive, so... Basically, I ended up with uh, out a house without a car um, because I got repossessed, and I was 50 grand in debt, maxed out five credit cards, and ended up spending six days in jail for speeding. So, long story short, at the end of the day, I was left at 22 years old, back in my parents' house with no job, no car, no passion, no idea what I was going to do, and uh, no way to make a living except for. As the saying goes, the people you meet and the books that you read will change you in five years. So what I did was I went to YouTube and listened to hundreds of hours of YouTube videos with uh, Jim Rohn, Robert Kiyosaki, uh, Tony Robbins, basically anybody that was under the uh, search bar as motivation inspiration. I started reading books and now four years later... Uh, I can literally travel wherever I want to, whenever I want to, um, and I've been fortunate enough to coach people in eight different countries. I have you know, a thriving coaching business as well as I'm able to um, share stages with you know, Les Brown, the world's number one motivational speaker. I've been on covers of magazines as the top power player under 40. 
Uh, I've been recognized by the National Council of American Executives as the top 1% of executives in the U.S. Uh, in 2014. So, you know, I've been privileged, but at the end of the day, I started with absolutely nothing, and I've worked my way um, consistently to doing what I absolutely love to do every single day throughout the past four years and continuing on that journey. Awesome. So yeah, let's kind of go back to your story. And so you're kind of at the bottom of the barrel, you could say, and you're watching YouTube videos, kind of probably building your self-esteem, stuff like that. But can you kind of tell us when that moment came when you kind of made the jump and started to work for yourself and become an entrepreneur? Yeah, it was like actually at that exact same time. So I, I basically would um, go to social media and I would find potential clients and I would sell them on Facebook and then I would regurgitate what I learned on YouTube videos. I don't recommend that. That's just what I did to get started. So, um, you know, I would create things such as like it's a hundred dollars an hour and it's buy one, get one free. Um, that is not what I do today, but when people get started, they don't necessarily know the direction they're going. And when you don't have the income to invest in a coach to shorten your learning curve, it's a little bit different. So the journey is a little bit longer. But I would say social media and um, applying the information that you read is going to help you the most. Awesome. And yeah, just for our listeners out there, everyone, Melissa has wrote several books and I will put all the links on the show notes for those. But Melissa, I want to kind of talk about kind of this idea of having it all. You talk about it in a couple of your books and kind of you give a blueprint. And I wanted to kind of go over that because I know some people say, you know, work-life balance, you either going to have to choose your family or your business and you're kind of going to have to sacrifice one or the other. But you kind of say you're going to have to have it all. You can have it all. Uh, can you kind of outline that blueprint for us? Yeah. So, yes, I wrote three books, Mike, um, and I wrote all of them in 2014. The first one is Be Ballsy, How Not to Suck at Love, Success, and Happiness. The second one is Be a Baller, The Blueprint to Have It All. And the third one is Bold, Helping You Unleash the Hero Within. Two of those um, became international bestsellers. The one you're talking about is Be a Baller. And in that book, I share 25 traits and qualities um, as well as characteristics that entrepreneurs and small business owners must have in order to attain the lifestyle that they truly desire. So that comes from creating relationships. It comes from taking time for yourself. It comes from making investments. It comes from really truly knowing what your passion is and then pursuing it and making the commitment to yourself to never give up even though times get hard. So I would say, you know, the first thing that I would tell people is number one, Figure out what it is that you value, and the next question that precedes that is, well, I don't know what that is, right? So let's do a little experiment here, Mike. What is surrounding you right now? Like my physical world? Yeah, like what's it? What's in the room that you're in right now? What's uh, on the wall? What's around you? A computer, a phone, some books, my iPad, and right in front of me is a microphone. Okay, so you definitely value technology, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> All right. So chances are that you spend a good amount of your money and a good amount of your time with uh, the tools that you just described, the iPhone, the iPad, the computer, the mic and everything like that, right? Yep, definitely. All right. So the same is true for anybody. So when I say look what's around you, if you've got inspirational quotes on the wall, if you've got piles of paperwork around you, uh, any of those are indicators that is what you value and that's where you spend your time and money. 
And then people will, of course, be somewhat irritated by the fact that, that I'm telling them they're doing what they already value, right? Yeah. And the reality is that when you look at what you value, you can make small daily changes to create different values and beliefs. Yeah. Um, but it's done over a period of time. It's not done overnight. So if you currently value technology, there are ways that you can shut the technology off for periods of time where you can become more productive as a result, right? Yeah. And that's what people have a really difficult time implementing. So when you meet people and listen to their story, when you read books, it's super, super important that you not only digest the information, but you apply it because that's where the results are going to come from. And those characteristics are what I talk about in, in Be A Baller. Awesome. So the blueprint of kind of having it all, would, what, can you kind of give us some concrete ideas of what to do or kind of what that means to, when you have it all? Yeah, have it all is a symbol of love, success, and happiness. Um, it is not a symbol of money because people often get confused that money equals success. That's not necessarily true in my opinion. Um, so love, success, and happiness could mean, you know, you have incredibly successful relationships and that could mean success to you because everyone's definition of success is very different. Mm -hmm. So I don't believe that you have to choose between your relationship and your career. I think you can have both and I think they can both be, um, something that you highly value and invest in a lot. I don't think you have to choose between, you know, the gym and your family. You can have both as long as you know how to uh, invest in both. And here's the thing. There is no balance because balance comes from wanting to do a bunch of different things that don't align with our beliefs and values. And what we believe in value, since we spend the most time and money investing in those things, uh, we have to understand that in order to get somewhere different, we have to make a change. So let's say, for example, I'm overweight. That means I have to go to the gym. If I have a drained bank account, I obviously have to make more sales calls. So the concrete uh, things that I would tell people to implement is, you know, if you should drink a couple extra bottles of water, you should go to the gym 12 to 20 minutes a day and do high intensity workouts. You should make a couple extra sales calls a day. Uh, you should spend, you know, 15 to 30 minutes a day reading a book. The average person reads one book a year. Uh, the successful person reads uh, 60 books a year. And I personally read um, 10 books a month. So that's 120 books a year. So you have to find the time and make the commitment to investing in these things because that's how you're going to get the result and take time for yourself. Have you ever been on an airline, Mike? Yes. Oh yeah. Lots. Yeah. So they tell you, put your air mask on before you save somebody else. If the plane goes down, right? Yeah. The point is that you cannot give to another person what you do not have. So right. you can't give money. If you don't have money, you can't give love if you don't have love. Right. It just is what it is. So that's why it's so important to implement versus just consume. And does that kind of tie into being bold? Like, um, because one of your uh, books is also just the the title is Bold, and you talk about being bold. And how does that kind of tie in for the entrepreneur? And then you also, in there, you kind of have some cool stories. Can you kind of share some of those? 
Sure. So bold is all about taking the risk and reaping the reward. So one of the stories in there is where an individual, this, this book, by the way, is a collaboration of 13 different people who come from very different lifestyles. So Les Brown's story is that he grew up in Florida. Um, and then, you know, someone told him he was educably mentally retarded. And then, you know, today, you know him as the world's number one motivational speaker. Uh, you know, there's a girl, Marcy Locke, she does roughly half a million dollars a month in revenue, but her husband divorced her, um, because he cheated and she was left with two little boys. And now she's incredibly successful at helping people transform their body. She herself was 70 pounds overweight and now she is rocking the body of her dreams and running around the world, inspiring people to do the same. Uh, the way I met Les Brown actually was through, Another one of the authors, Barbara Pender. Uh, Barbara lives in Houston and Orlando, and she literally uh, introduced me to Les over the phone. And so when I put this book together, I'd said, you know, I just briefly mentioned Les. And Barbara's like, let's call him right now. And I'm like, no, 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 let's not do that, right? (laughs) And so uh, she goes, all right, well, then let's call his son. And I was like, no, let's not do that either, right? Because I had some fear instilled in me. Even though I was interacting with these people online um, and I had the utmost respect for them, actually communicating with them was a different level. That was, like, going to be the next level of success, right? So I remember she is walking down the streets in Albuquerque, New Mexico. She calls me. I'm actually sitting on the living room floor in my house just thinking it's Barbara calling, right? Nothing significant about that. Um, So I pick up the phone. I'm like, hey, Barbara. And she's like, hey, Les is on the other line. He has, you know, uh, accepted your invitation to contribute to your book and he'd like to know what you'd like him to write about. And I was like, like, this is this is incredible, right? But it's in the fear of not asking that we don't receive. So me stepping up and saying, all right, Les is willing to do this has led to an international book tour. But I think too often we become afraid of the potential that we have within ourselves. So we retract back down or just become basically disabled. We don't do anything um, to get what we want. And that's really what is killing businesses and what is killing people. Yeah. So sometimes though, when people think of like bold, they almost think it's like pushy. Is that, is that what the kind of bold you're talking about? Like, like the salesman that's so bold that all they do is like just pester you. What, what does it mean to be bold? No, that is definitely not the definition of bold. Um, bold is creating the relationships that you can develop over long periods of time and taking the risks that you could see rewards for over long periods of time. And it is really about chasing your dreams, but doing it in a sustainable manner, not being, um, I don't know, like the person who is aggressively seeking to go after uh, more money or more clients for the purpose of having more money and having more clients so they can afford the dream house or the car or whatever the case is that they want. Bold is about making the investment and committing to yourself um, that you are worthy of a change, that you are worthy of the results you desire, and that regardless of your circumstances, situation, or uh, background, that you can really have everything you want 
all you have to do is realize the potential that you have develop these relationships, commit to your own success, and take daily action steps towards your goals. Fantastic. And it's a good place to start because you talk about taking those actionable steps towards your goal. So let's kind of start at the beginning for those people that are just starting a business or kind of wanting to become an entrepreneur. Can you kind of give some advice or kind of share some of your stories about that that uh, they can learn from? Yeah, so... If someone wants to become an entrepreneur, the very first thing they have to do is know what being an entrepreneur is going to require of them. And when people come into the journey of entrepreneurship, they often think it's about the money or it's about making a difference. And it's more about making a difference than it is about the money. But if you're in business, obviously you're in business to make money, right? Yeah. So entrepreneurship is a series of sales, marketing, social media, It is just a whole slew of a bunch of different skill sets. And generally, to learn a skill set or to become a master at a skill set, you must learn and practice that skill set over 10,000 hours, which equates to approximately 10 years. However, as an entrepreneur, you don't have 10 years. Yeah. Just don't. And you're talking about multiple skill sets. So you're talking about SEO and publicity and social media and sales and marketing and fulfillment and everything in between. And on top of that, if you have a team, you're talking about HR and, you know, uh, developing these sales teams and training them and turnover. And there are so many, so many dynamics of being an entrepreneur. So the first thing I would say is, Do not get overwhelmed by what you have to go through to become successful. Take it one step at a time. And the first step, obviously, should be who can I serve? And notice I said serve because that's what you're in business to do. Who can I serve in order to exchange my product or service for money? So cash flow absolutely has to be the number one thing you focus on. But in order to have and attain and develop the cash flow that you need to operate your business at sustainable levels, you must understand who your ideal prospect is, which brings me to the next part. You have to know who your ideal prospect is. That means that you must understand everything about your potential uh, client or individual who's going to buy your product or service. When I say you must know them, I really truly mean you must know them. You must know what they like to do, what they like to drive, where they like to live, what they like to read, what they like to watch, where they work, how much money they're making, do they have kids, do they not have kids. You should know the psychographics and demographics of your potential clients because the more you understand and know them, psychologically, the more you're going to be able to withdraw their their barrier to sales and get them to exchange their money for your product or service. But this is where like a lot of people messed up. So in the the beginning of the journey, you're going to have to figure this out, right? And it's, it's sort of complicated and it's difficult. It's not easy. Um, as much as people want to sell that this dream is easy and success is so attainable in a short period of time, I hate to break the news, but it's not that easy. (laughs) Um, So the third part of this is that you should utilize the power of social media to develop relationships because relationships and technology will bring you to new heights. This is how you're going to figure out who your ideal prospects are. 
uh, pick and choose who you want to work with. You're going to go through periods of time where you realize that you hate working with certain clientele or you hate serving certain people. Those people then become the people you do not want to work with in the future. Now, if you have premium priced products, obviously, uh, the more the individual that you're serving to is going to have, um, you know, more money, more assets, uh, and more, uh, like a higher investment in what you're offering. Um, and when people start in the world of entrepreneurship, they generally go after the low hanging fruit or the people who don't have a lot of assets. Very rarely does somebody come in and say, I want to serve six and seven figure people, or I want to serve, you know, people driving Maseratis, BMWs, uh, and work in corporate offices and make six and seven figures a year, right? It's generally like, I'd like to serve somebody who makes 40 to 50,000, who has a mortgage, who finances their car, and who's looking for some more money, right? Yeah. So those type of people are very different sales than the people who are already making a hundred thousand or more, or even a million or more. So when you, you start, to, when you started your business, did you, were you uh, marketing to the right away to those uh, kind of higher earning people? No, <laughs> no, Mike, I went through so many series of changes in the last four years just to figure out who my psycho and demographics were. Um, and I would find myself firing clients more often than not just simply because I didn't have the desire to work with them and I wasn't committed to their results because they weren't committed to their results. So the more I realized, the more committed I was and the more I realized, the more committed my clients were, I came to the realization that it's not these 40 or $50,000 people that are going to have the mindset that I have. Uh, however, you know, the books and the audios and um, podcasts and interviews like this are great ways for them to get the content and for them to implement it so they can get the level of six and seven figures. So I do serve both markets, but in very different capacities. Awesome. All right, Melissa. Well, can we cut? Because our uh, kind of tagline here is start, grow, and save your business. So we started, we talked about starting, but can you kind of uh, talk a little bit about growing a business, expanding it into the marketplace? Yeah, there are great ways to expand your business. First, I would say um, use the power of publicity because publicity is great for two reasons. Number one, it's free for you generally. If you don't hire a PR firm and number two, it's really easy to get and it's professionally recorded. So you're not spending thousands of dollars and thousands of hours trying to figure out how to do this on your own. There are a couple tools that I tell new or existing entrepreneurs to use. One is iReport.CNN.com. That's iReport.CNN.com. This is a, uh, like part of CNN. So what you do is you provide news to CNN and they can vet it or they won't vet it. Either way, you're on CNN, right? So what I did was I've written like 27 stories for CNN. I've written far more now, but I wrote 27. And then on the 28th story, CNN picked me up and I was able to actually be on CNN Live. Wow. Um, you can contribute to uh, different blogs. So like under 30 CEO uh, linked to leadership, um, you know, life hack. There are so many websites that you can contribute to. The other thing 
is to go to radioguestlist.com and you can, you know, basically be picked up and pitched to producers and publicists for uh, podcasts, radio interviews, and uh, to learn how to be on TV. You know, I flew out to LA uh, and spent 10 grand to learn how to do that. So that's a different story. But all in all, when you give a producer 60 minutes of your time, and when you find producers, you can also find them via Twitter, by the way. So you just go in the search bar and you search um, whatever your subject matter is. But when you find a producer, publicist, editor, or journalist, um, go to their followers because journalists follow journalists, publicists follow publicists, editors follow editors, and uh, connect, communicate, and convey with conviction that you have something that is incredibly important to share with the world. And as a result, you'll oftentimes find yourself getting publicity for free. Um, LinkedIn Pulse is another great way to share your information. So there are all sorts of great ways for you to grow your business. And these ways help you get in front of the audience that you desire, while at the same time um, giving you professionally produced audio and video pieces for you to share with other people who might have an interest in what you're doing. Awesome. All right. Well, can you kind of tell us about a time, Melissa, when your business wasn't doing well or you need to kind of pick yourself up after a failure? Because uh, our last part is here is saving a business. For someone who is kind of in the dumps now, their business isn't doing well. Can you kind of give some advice on that one? Um. Yeah. So if your business isn't doing well, the first thing you need to do is uh, invest in a coach or somebody who can accelerate your growth. But if you don't have enough cash flow to do that, then I would reevaluate where you are right now. And there was a time where my business wasn't doing great. It was doing okay, but it wasn't doing great. Um, and I figured out a way on how to use Facebook to create residual streams of income without spending thousands of dollars on ads and without picking up the phone. And I still use that model today because that model has helped me create a 100% retention rate. Um, so you really need to reevaluate and trust in yourself that you have the ability to make the decisions you know you need to make at a really valuable time and a critical time in your business. And then when you reevaluate, um, don't make the same decision or the same mistake that you already made, uh, but instead choose a different path forward. Awesome. Can you tell us about kind of a time when that happened in your business, Melissa, when it was kind of you failed or you needed to kind of make a turn? Yeah. So um, early 2014, I would say, uh, I realized like the people I was serving. So the coach I had at the time said, hey, do a seven week um, audio seminar or whatever. And so I did that. But I realized every single person I was helping in that audio seminar was not in a client I would like to have. Yeah. Um, and so what I did was I was like, all right, this is not ideal. First of all, I don't want to spend seven weeks on the phone teaching people um, how to do something when I know they're not going to implement it and they don't have the tools um, and resources available to do so. So I fired them. Uh, I don't know if I would recommend you go fire people as fast as I do it. But I would recommend that if you don't work with an ideal client, they're costing you more time and money than it's necessary. So you need to figure out a better way. 
Um, and if that requires you to fire them, then that's exactly what I would do. But do it in a, in a compassionate way and let them know that you genuinely do care. Um, but it's just not going to work. How did you find like your ideal client? Cause I know if you're trying to say appeal to like uh, an audience that has more money or, or earns more, did you just raise your prices or like, what did you do to set yourself apart from the other audience or the guys that you didn't want to coach? Uh, well, first of all, I have lots of publicity. So that's the first thing I went and did as I got massive publicity. Um, so people knew that I was not obscure in the marketplace. Second, I put my name and face in front of the decision makers who have money. So if people have wherewithal and they're a decision maker, you should get in front of them as quickly as possible and do whatever it takes to maintain that relationship with them. So I figured out who my ideal client were by trial and error over a long period of time, like three and a half years. And I still continue to, you know, work with who is my ideal prospect. And I realize, like most people will tell you to niche it down. If you have the ability to serve people in multiple industries and in multiple countries with multiple backgrounds, then you don't necessarily need to niche it down. You just need to know what's right for you. So I don't know. I guess I would just say it's really, really important for you to focus and know um, when you're when you feel like an energy drain. Yeah. When you feel like your time is being consumed and sucked away, those are the people then that you know are definitely not your ideal client. Yeah, and like even for my business, I found because I do I do lawn care services and cleaning services, and we're trying to like kind of get away from just residential. Uh, but more like also if we do have residential, more like upscale clients, because the, I found like the cheaper the client, the more time and the more energy and the more customer service it takes just to service them. So I don't know. How, how, is, how have you found that? Is that the same thing? Yeah. Uh, if you're working with non-ideal clients, basically what happens is you end up spending more of your own personal money and more of your own personal tools, knowledge and resources to help them even though it's not even helping them and it's really not servicing you either. So that's why I say like get away from them as soon as possible, as quickly as you realize you can't serve them anymore um, because you are going to basically drain your resources very quickly if you continue to hold on to them. Awesome. All right. Well, let's kind of go into the home stretch. And I want to ask you, Melissa, what your favorite quote is and why you chose that one. I would have to say, like, be bold, not reckless. Be bold, so, uh, not reckless. Yeah. Why do you like that one? So being bold, obviously, we discuss, but that's not a matter of being reckless because some people come into entrepreneurship and they're just like all over the place. They don't know where to start. Uh, don't know where to stop. Don't know what to do. And recklessness is really, you know, what I did when I was 19 and naive. And, you know, that's when I accumulated the debt and I went to jail for speeding and I, you know, ended up with nothing. So if you're reckless, you're really truly going to end up with nothing. And if you're bold, you're going to weigh out your options and you're going to make the decision that, is going to help accelerate your growth to where you want to be. All right. I just want to prove that you're reckless when you're 19. Can you tell us how fast you were going? Why, what, what was the ticket all about? I got I got to ask you. This oh, question. okay. <laughs> so 
It wasn't just one ticket. I got caught 36 times. So. Oh, my word. <laughs> yeah. Mercy, that is reckless. Hopefully you've <laughs> transitioned from reckless to bold. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. I haven't had a ticket in a little over four years. So. <laughs> Good. All right, so before we wrap up, Melissa, I'm going to give you 20 seconds, and I want you to kind of share your top advice or, like, your number one tip for all our listeners in 20 seconds. Go. <laughs> uh, my number one tip is to get out of your own way, do what you need to do, implement the things that you know you need to implement, acknowledge what hasn't worked and move past that, and don't let fear stop you from doing the things that you should be doing in order to have the things that you truly desire in life, no matter what that is, because you can have it all, all at the same time. More clients, more money, and more love, success, and happiness. Awesome. That was beautiful. It was like, it was like a poem. <laughs> All right, Melissa, can you kind of share with our listeners uh, how they can connect with you online and elsewhere? Absolutely. It's briellaarion.com, and I'll spell that out, and I know you'll have it in the show notes. B-R-I-E-L-L-A-A-R-I-O-N.com. Fantastic. Yeah, I already got that in the show notes. I'm writing them up right now. So thank you so much, Melissa, for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Mike, for having me. All right, that was great stuff. I'm going to let you guys go, but before we do, let's recap what we learned today. First off, when you're starting a business, know what being an entrepreneur really is all about and what it's going to require from you because it requires such a, a diverse amount of skill sets and it, and it requires that you uh, really be proficient in all of them. So really know what you're getting into. And when you are starting a business, make sure you know your ideal prospect or your ideal clients and get really specific. Know what they drive, what what sort of things they like to do, what their hobbies are, what they eat, where they work, where they live. You got to know all that stuff and it'll help you in your sales process. Also, when you're growing a company, Melissa talked about the power of publicity and how it's free and easy to get. And she gave us some great resources. I'll give you those in the show notes. And by the way, those show notes are over at businessbootcamppodcast.com slash episode 19. But lastly, she talked about saving a business and how when you're in that critical phase, it's not only critical, but it's also a valuable time because it's a time where you can reevaluate and you really need to trust in yourself at those times. And another point Melissa gave to us is during those times, you want to get away from the non-ideal clients that are in your business. Really narrow it down and that goes back to really knowing your ideal client. So if you know who they are, and then when you come to times where your business isn't doing that great, you want to get away from those non-ideal clients, those people that are taking up your time, taking up your resources, and you're not getting anything back in return. Awesome stuff today from Melissa. I'll give you guys all the links to her books and her website, great resources that she gave us today on the show notes. But also, guys, uh, you might have noticed there has been a new addition to the podcast it's called the mic minute and those are just going to be like five or six minute additions episodes that i will put on talking about some cool stuff great to listen to if you're on the way to work if you're working out in the morning if you're eating your cheerios or your fruit loops whatever it is uh give you something to talk about with your colleagues uh also kind of just to stir up the business gastronomics 
Alright guys, so make sure you check those out. They're all like between five, six, seven minutes, somewhere in there, and in just kind of a fun way of me giving you some information, talk, and advice. Alright guys, I'm going to sign off. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time.